It was no doubt one of the lowest seasons of Abraham's life. He left the Ur of the Chaldees. He's waved goodbye to his parents. And as they've become dots on the distant horizon, the Ur of the Chaldees disappears. And he walks into the future that God has called him to. He has been faithful. He has walked not by his own ability, not by his own gifting, not by whatever he may have possessed internally, but he has stepped, the Bible says, by faith. And sometimes when you walk by faith, it's very exciting. Sometimes when you walk by faith, man alive, you can just barely imagine what next is going to come around the turn. You just never know what's going to happen when you walk by faith. You never know what miracle may occur. You never know what door may open. You never know what blessing God bestows. You, you just don't know. When you walk by faith, that's why God encourages us to kind of abandon ourselves and walk into his purpose and his plan by faith. You never know. But the other thing that sometimes we don't know is how boring and bad it can be when we walk by faith. Abraham, no doubt, in this season of the journey is now weary and he's met it with frustration. The joy of anticipation is over. He's been looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, but he hasn't found it yet. His friendship and fellowship with Lot, it seemed so perfect. Lot was the fatherless son and Abraham was the sonless father and he had that promise that connection was powerful and, and how many know that opposites they attract and they were attracted to one another in their sense of loss. They found fulfillment for each other but sometimes the opposites of attraction turn into great distraction and all of a sudden what was the blessing becomes a burden and the fight begins and the bickering is indicated there in scripture. The, the friendship and the fellowship is now gone and, and now Abraham and Lot and their herdsmen are fighting with one another. They're bickering over the blessing. Maybe God's been too good. Their wealth required sustenance. The cattle needed fed. The sheep needed to graze. The herdsmen began to argue over whose field was whose. And so Abraham offers the option to Lot to choose which land he prefers. And Lot picks the well-watered, fertile plain of Jordan. And Abraham, the Bible tells us that he goes into the land of Canaan. Now we know Canaan, that's that picturesque promised land that we've all seen, but right now that wasn't what it was to Abraham. It was fraught with enemies. It was, it was uh, filled and replete with all kinds of opposition, but that is where Abraham found himself. But it was in that season of separation when God had allowed their paths to diverge that, thought that, God, <clears throat> that God, Abraham had been kind. He looked at his nephew and said, no, you go ahead. You take, you take what you wish. You take the, the area that you want. You, you take it. You, you pick. And, and Lot says, oh, I'll pick that fertile plain right there. I'll, I'll take that. Thank you very much. And he gets his herdsmen together. They march down onto that beautiful plain. I, in my mind, I don't know why, when I picture the fertile plains of Jordan, I think of Majorville. <laughs> I knew I'd get one Amen. I don't know why, if it's the overflow of Jordan and brings all of that healthy, uh, fertile fertility to the plains and then the growth is just so natural, it's just doesn't, you don't seem like you got to work very hard to get something to grow down there. And in my mind, that was what Lot picked. It was that well-watered, fertile plain of Jordan. It was his. And Abraham, he walks off into old, cranky Canaan land. 
And so it's in that season where he's been separated that God says to Abraham, he said, lift up your eyes. No doubt, we can just tell from the scripture, Abraham's got his head down. Anyone been there? You've just been looking at the floor for a few days, or you've been looking at the ground, and you've just kind of been kicking every rock. When I was a kid, I, I, I always had a stick with me, or a baseball bat, or something, a tennis racket. I just, I just loved hitting rocks. I just always looking for the perfect rock. I didn't have to chase rocks. I could just kind of fired off into the woods and you had to kind of aim for the rock and balance your swing but uh, you know sometimes you're you're looking down for that perfect rock hey, let me tell you Abraham knew about all the rocks that he was walking on the path that he was on he he knew all about him because his head was down he he was in that place of misunderstanding he was in that place where he didn't know what God was doing where have you got me God why have you got me here where is this land you promised me? Where is this city that you said that you would give to me? Where, where is it? Where is it? And God says, look up. I, I, that's just a simple word for someone today. It's time to look up. Yes, that's about as elaborate as the sermon's going to get today. The Lord said to Abraham after that lot was separated from him, look up, lift up thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward. He said, take a minute and look to the north. And then he said, I want you to turn around. I want you to look to the south. And then I want you to look to the east. And I want you to look to the west. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it. And to thy seed forever. You see, what Abraham didn't understand was that Lot was just kind of spare baggage right now. He was a little bit in the way. And, and God was kind of ordaining everything. He was ordering the path so that Abraham would be able to step into the promise that God had given to him. God said that he would give it. He said, the land that you see, I will give it to you and to your seed forever. There is promises in God's word that are ours, and we need to stand on them, and we need to claim them. We need to print them out. We need to get a whiteboard somewhere and start kind of penciling them in, or you need to get yourself a little notebook and begin to kind of dialogue with God about his plans and his promises for your life. How many know that God doesn't intend for us just to go through life barren and, and wasted until the very end? God, that's not what God intends. God intends for blessing to rest, and God intends for promise to come. God intends it. As a matter of fact, there's so many promises. Pastor Matt already talked about it, that God would never leave us or forsake us. There are promises that are ours today. And God said those promises are yours. But God always puts a little work along with our faith. He said, but you got to work for it. There's something that you need to do to receive it. No doubt the land to the north was Abraham's and the land to the south was his. I feel a little help from the Holy Ghost right now. I wish someone would just kind of begin to believe that God's got more for you right now. I'm not trying to be charismatic. I am trying to be apostolic this morning. I am trying to tell somebody that God's got something for you, so don't limit your observation. Your head should not be down right now. Your head should be lifted up saying, God, I don't know what Pastor Jack's talking about today, but whatever it is for my family, whatever it is for my life, whatever it is in 2022 that you've got in store, I, I'm not going to limit it. I'm not going to restrict myself from it. Get ready for it. Lift up your head and look for what God is going to promise you. And, and sometimes we get so focused in one direction, we Forget that God said, take a minute and look around. Get a 360 degree vision of what God is going to give you. He said, take a look to the left, to the right. Take a look forward and take a look backward. It's all yours. It's yours. It's going to be given to you. 
It's yours, the, the north, the south, the east, and the west. But, but not only do you have to look up, in Genesis 13 and verse 17, God told Abraham, he said, arise. You don't just have to look up, it's time to get up. Just tap your neighbor and say, get up. No, some of you, that, that, you already said it, church at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, I, get, I got up. Just be glad I got here. Just, just, that, that, just, who, who did this 10 o'clock Sunday service thing? Who messed with my 11 o'clock? And then you, then you move prayer to Tuesday morning at 7. Early will I seek thee. We were talking this week, Kathy and I, and Kathy said, I'd I like to do a Thursday morning prayer meeting too. I was like, You said, hey, don't shake your head. No, people think I'm lying. <laughs> Some things have changed. Said, Who are you? What have you done with my wife? It's early morning, rise. So where God said, don't just look up. He said, Get up, rise, and walk through the land in the, in the, the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. He said, and not, looking, it, it, it gives you vision. Looking allows you to see what I want to, to give you. Looking, it kind of gets you, you, you sparked. It kind of gets you fired. It gets you ready to go. Looking allows you to know. That's, that's the power of the word because the word releases vision in our life. So we get to see something that God wants to give us. That's the power of preaching, this foolishness of preaching. It opens our eyes to what God says could be ours. And when we see it, now, now's not the time to sit back down and say, well, until it comes, I'm just going to, you know, sometimes we got to wait on the Lord. But Sometimes God said, get up and walk. Rise and walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Just walk. Not the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. No, just walk. Walk. Someone say walk. Not suit up in heavy armor, not, not ready for the army to attack. Just walk. Walk into the promise that I have for you. We're, we're not giving the update on Abraham's walk, but we know that he, he did because the next verses begin to tell us that war began. Can I remind you that whenever you walk into the promise of God, war is going to start. War is going to come. The very next verse after God told Abraham, go ahead and walk into the vision that I gave you. Go ahead and walk into the promise that I'm giving you right now. It, it immediately begins to outline the war that begins in the land that he is in. Kings are rising up. There's kings that are, are joining together. They're in alliance and war is happening. And, and, and it seems like on the surface, Abraham just kind of takes a step back and he's letting everything happen. There's just, there's just war going on because somewhere between vision and victory, there's going to be a war to fight. Somewhere between the vision that God gives us this morning and us walking into the promise and receiving it, there's a little war that's going to happen. Like, like how I said that, a little war, just a little war. Just a little warfare is going to occur. There's, that's called softening the blow. Just a little war, just, just a little activity on the part of the enemy because if there is anything he doesn't want you to receive, it's the promise that, uh, that God has for you. If there's anything that the devil's going to fight, it's, it's the land that God promised he's going to give you. If there's, if there's anything that the enemy would just be so glad if you just sat back down and started staring back at the floor until the enemy will do whatever it takes. And it seems like Abraham is in this place of between the vision and between the victory. Someone say between. Have you ever been in between? 
in between receiving what God has promised or in, in between, you know, in between receiving your taxes, I don't know, in between filing and receiving that tax return. You know, I'm just trying to get on your page today. I'm not, it's a little bit of a blank. I, I don't know if I'm connecting. I don't know if I'm getting through. Someone, someone just kind of shouted me if you've ever been in between, in the land in between, be, between when, when God said the promise is yours. I, 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 know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about today because God, God was very distinct in the direction that he gave me for this service. So I know it may not be for everybody, but I know it's for more than just a somebody. It's for some people that are in the room today that you are somewhere between vision and victory. And there's always going to be a war that's got to be fought and and it seems like Abraham takes a step back and he's letting all kinds of kings go to war with one another and they're they're creating boundaries and barriers and they're fighting one another and and the Bible says that that the, this this war continued until this this certain thing happened it said that the king made war with that king and and Abraham lets the war rage on until it touches his own family it says that that lot that that nephew that's been in the way he gets taken by the king in the war. And the Bible says that at that moment, Abraham arms his servants and he takes 318 of his men that were of his servants and he trains them and he puts arms in their hair. They've been trained and he put, puts arms in their hands. And the, and the scripture tells us that when he had heard that his brother was taken captive, when Lot was taken, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, and he pursued them unto Dan. Do you think that perhaps that the most northern city of Israel is Dan because God got Abraham in the middle of a war? Because Abraham kind of stood on the sidelines. Now, now just go back with me. God just promised Abraham. He said, wherever your foot trods, wherever you walk to, he said, that's going to become the perimeter and the borders and the boundaries of Israel. So, so all of a sudden, Abraham's kind of sitting on the sideline until this war begins to touch his own family, until the war begins to touch his own, his own, his own clan, his own brethren, and, and until the war touches Lot and that king gets up. And, and the Bible tells us that he, he pursued them unto Dan. If you knew that, that the scripture tells us that Abraham relocated to Hebron after that exchange with Lot about the well-watered plains of Jordan, but, but there's some 300 kilometers between Hebron and Dan. Dan is in the very northern, but, but something got Abraham fired up. And, and I, I don't know, but I, I just like to surmise a little bit this morning that, that the war, God allowed it because he knew that Abraham was just kind of content to sit back. But when Lot got captured, when Lot became captive, when Lot got, got in the hands of the kings and they took him all the way north, Abraham said, you know what? We're going north. Somebody get my servants together. And he begins to march through the land. He begins to go and, Ab and Abraham defines the boundary of what Israel will be forever simply because God said if you go every place that you step in it's going to become a part of the promise that I have for your people I, I just came to remind somebody this morning that, that God's gave you promise and, and now you're sitting in a war going on all around you but it's time to engage if you'll engage, you're going to walk into the perimeter of the promise that I've got in store for you. I don't know if Abraham ever would have made it to the north. I don't know if ever would have been Dan to Beersheba unless Abraham said, you know what? That war got a little too close to home. That war got a little too close to my family. That war is hitting me right where it hurts right now. So I'm going to march into the promise. And as he's going, he doesn't realize it, but he's taking territory. 
He thinks he's in hot pursuit of Lot. He thinks he's in hot pursuit of a king that's got his nephew in, in, in confinement. But that's not what it's about. God said, I'm just going to open the door. Abraham thought he was in recovery mode, but really he was defining the boundaries of the promise that God had given to him. Can I just remind you that the war that you're fighting right now, it may feel like you're just in recovery mode. I'm, I'm just trying to get some stuff back. I'm just trying to get back what I lost. But in reality, God is opening a door for you to walk into there. There's a future. God's saying there's a boundary that I'm about ready to define. and You're going to possess the territory. Uh, I, I'm going to guess that the 300 kilometers that Abraham trekked weren't a paved pathway. It wasn't a leveled railroad bed. It wasn't a managed highway. It was rough going. It was boggy marshes and it was high rocky hills. It was the plains sometimes and he could go a little quicker. But he was going. He was going because, because that promise that God had given to him all of a sudden became a bigger reality. And I don't know. I, I like to think that Dan becomes the perimeter of the north. How many have heard from Dan to Beersheba? Man, they chase him from Dan to Beersheba. That's the defining boundaries of Israel. Dan in the north, Beersheba in the south. But I'd like to think that Dan is the barrier in the border because God opened the opportunity for Abraham to pursue Lot. And when he finally got Lot back, it was in that place called Dan. And that boundary was defined because everywhere, Abraham didn't realize it, but every bog that he marched through, every hill that he climbed, every plain that he marched through, it, and 318 of his men went with him. But everywhere that they went, every time they put their foot down, they were gaining territory. Every time they put their foot down, they were defining the boundary of what God had given to them. It was going to be, come on, it wasn't just going to be for a couple years. But into the current generation, the boundary had been defined, and that land is Israel's. God, He's going to define boundaries for some people, but it will never be realized until we walk into them. It's interesting to me that the first spiritual victory mentioned in Scripture is the fact that the serpent's head would be bruised by a single heel. The word bruise means to overwhelm, to break, to bruise, to cover. The power that you possess in just walking into your promise is great. I, uh, yesterday, we decided kind of last minute, early afternoon, to take a trip to St. John to visit my folks. It was a beautiful day, a great drive, great day for drive. And <clears throat> so a few errands got run in the morning, had the car, oil changed. And, getting ready to kind of get in the car, and Kathy looks at me, she says, you're not wearing those, are you? <laughs> and then I've learned, after 30 years, the answer is always no. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. I just got them on right now. I'm getting in the car right now. <laughs> I look down, and I've got my little pair of Crocs on. I've got nicer shoes, and I've got athletic shoes. I've got leather shoes. I've got, I've got more comfortable shoes. Oh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> they say that Crocs are a maverick idea of marketing genius. They're lightweight. They're cheap ethylene vinyl acetate construction 
means that shipping's very cheap and they're very easy to construct. They just fire them through and you know what may cost a couple dollars on the shop floor turns into 30 or 40 US dollars by the time it goes to markets. I think they're worth wearing. I, I, don't, I don't know. How many like comfortable footwear on your feet? It's important that you have it. You know, just if you would with me, would you just kind of, if you don't have smelly feet? I don't. Just take a look at your foot, would you? I know I told you not to look down earlier, but go ahead, go ahead, look down. Just look. My sock's half off, marching around, taking territory. But a quarter of the bones in your body are in your feet. 10 tendons, 19 muscles, 26 bones, 33 joints, 107 ligaments. Gets better. 8,000 nerve endings, 200, you're not going to like this one, 250,000 sweat glands. All there. All there in your feet. At, at birth, your feet aren't yet developed. Abnormalities in the body can, can be shown and reflected in the feet. Feet are powerful. They're, 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 they're important. Uh, we all, how many know that your feet are important? <laughs> if you raise your hand, <laughs> I'll know that you know that your feet are important. <laughs> Let's get back into the facts. The Achilles tendon is the strongest tendon in your body. Your feet absorbs 200 tons each day. You walk an average in your lifetime of 110,000 miles. Someone say, next time they do that walkathon, we got it checked. It's done. You walk an average of 110,000 miles. There's some cars that won't even do that. Your feet are important, but not just to your natural man. Your, your feet are important in the supernatural. I don't know why this tie, I, I don't know, but in Scripture it said that, that, that there was significance. That serpent's curse meant that it would always be on its belly, but let me tell you what it told us. It tells us that every step that you take means that you have authority over the enemy. When the, when the serpent, the beautiful animal that was in the garden, when it was cursed, it landed on the ground and it ate dust the rest of the days of its life. And, and every time that we see a snake, we're reminded of the curse of God. But, but that wasn't where it ended. It said that his heel would bruise its head, that, that there was authority that was had, that, that that part of us that, was, that met the ground, that part of us that, that met the terra firma, that part of us that, that establishes our going, that part of us that just kind of goes through life with us, that, that foot, all of a sudden it becomes a place of authority, it becomes a place of opportunity, it becomes something that, that we can define and say, you know, I have power over the enemy because he is that cursed serpent on the ground, but my heel is going to 
It's going to bruise his head. It's going to destroy his head. I have authority in the Holy Ghost. So there's something sometimes that God wants us to realize that we're just one step away from the promise that God wants us to receive. And sometimes that step means putting it heel down on top of that cursed serpent's head. And we walk into the promise that God has for us. The enemy, he's going to try to intimidate us. The enemy, he's going to try and bring fear into our lives. He's going to try and distract us. But I wish someone would just say, I'm walking on. I'm taking the next step I, I'm gonna take that step because that next step is my my clue and my my cue to walk into victory that next step means that the enemy's defeated but God is exalted that next step means that I am triumphant I'm mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds victory victory is ours it isn't any wonder that the enemy wants us to fall and to fail because if we fall we're not moving forward. We have a responsibility like Abraham had to take the step of faith. To walk on in God's promise and God's purpose. And, and the great thing about a message like this is that it applies to everybody. Everybody's got a next step to take. I, I don't know what your next step is. Your next step may just be saying, okay, I, I'm going to relinquish my ideas and I'm going to trust in God. That may be your next step. Your next step may be, you know what, I'm going to turn from sin and walk in holiness because I believe that's what God wants for my life. That may be your next step. I, I'm just saying to someone, come on, you, you can take that step, but let me tell you what happens. The minute that the enemy sees us lace our shoes up and begin to walk into the promise that God has for us, the enemy says, ah, I'm going to bring fear now. I'm going to start to tell him about all the failures. I'm going to start telling him about all the hypocrites. I'm going to start telling him about everybody that's, that's kind of started and stopped. I'm going to, I'm going to tell her that, that she doesn't have the right to because X, Y, and Z. And, and I'm just going to, and the enemy, he, the greatest thing he fears is when you begin to stand up and take the next step into the promise that God has for you. But I just came with a simple word today. Take that step. It's time to go into the promise that God has for you. Take the step. Don't be filled with fear. Take the step. Don't be filled with, come on, don't be filled with doubt. Take the step. Take the step that God has in store for you. God's defining boundaries and God's defining borders because of people that are willing to take the step. The enemy, the enemy wants us to fall. He wants us to fail. He wants us arrested and restricted. He wants to minimize our mobility and keep us bound. But God is encouraging someone this morning. Take that step. The territory is yours. Take the step. Take a look. Get looking at the promise that God has for you. Get looking. What, what you see, the blessing and the benefit in other people's lives, it's yours too. It was, we can come back to the music. It was Asaph that said, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. He, he saw the goodness of God in people's lives. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can get looking at Everybody else around us and we miss what God has for us. He said, but as for me, my, foot were all, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. I almost went down. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. It wasn't making sense to me. I didn't understand what God was doing. I didn't understand his ways. I didn't understand how he was working. I, I, I didn't understand. My foot, had, my foot had well nigh slipped. I almost went down. Come on, we live in New Brunswick. We know what this is like. 
We know what it's like in January, just after that rain that was taking some of the snow away becomes the glaze of ice. And we step out and we think it's still wet. And it's below zero and it's become solid. And all of a sudden, the, the footing becomes uncertain. And I don't know what your goal was when you opened the door. I don't know what your intention was when you were heading out the step. But here's what I know. When you get on that ice, all, your, your only desire is to stay upright. You've got one foot, three feet in the air. You've got the other arm extended. Your body is doing everything to keep balance that it can. And Asaph said, life got like that for him. That my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped for I got, I got my eye off the prize. I, I, missed, I missed what God had intended. This verse was just like a neon sign in front of my mind when I was praying this week. Because somebody, that's exactly where you were. And maybe that's exactly where you are. You got looking sideways at, why am I doing what I'm doing when it doesn't seem to make a difference? Why, why have they got all that going on? And my life seems like it's just sideways. It's a mess. I, I, my feet are almost gone out from underneath me. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Scripture goes on and he begins to define a little bit better about what that looked like to him, how that the wicked, their eyes were, they were so blessed. We use that word. They were so, they had so much. He said their eyes were out, bulging out. He said, I, I got looking at what they got and I got looking at where they were. He said, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Verse 16, he said, when I, when I thought about it, when I, when I tried to figure it out, it didn't get better. It just got worse. It, it was too painful for me. And Asaph, he, he was on that slippery slope. He, he was standing at the top. He, he was looking in all the wrong places. He was weary with well-doing. He was in that season of suffering. He was in pain. It was too painful for me. Some of you know what that's like this morning. It's painful right now. It's a painful season. It's, it's a difficult season. You know, you know that you don't have your footing and the slightest thing could get you off balance. The slightest thing and you know you're sliding down the hill. The slightest thing and, and you're going exactly where you didn't want to go. The, the slightest thing and you got a concussion. The slightest thing and, and, and your back sore. The slightest thing and, and you're down for the count. The slightest move. The, the slightest thing. You're, 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 my foot had well nigh slipped. You, you know what it's like this morning. You know what it's like when you look around and people haven't walked the painful road that you have. It was too painful for him. It was, it was kids that he raised, but somewhere the enemy got them off sideways. It was, it was him struggling with sickness. It was his wife in the hospital. It was his daughter fighting off depression. It was, it was his son that became the prodigal. It, it's too painful. It's just too painful for me. I don't understand it, God. And he sees the enemy smiling and he knows what the devil wants. The enemy wants him tumbling down the hill. It was that season of pain that he was in. And someone you can identify with that. You can identify with marked failures. And you can identify with difficult times. And you can identify that, that you've shouted out at the mirror, Why? God, why? 
Why? Why my family? Why me? Why them? Why? Why are you doing what you're doing? I I know what it's like to be on that slippery slope. One step and you think I I, I just got to stand right now. I can't make the move. But can I just tell you that Asaph didn't leave us hanging in that story. He, he talked about a step that he made and somewhere between not knowing, somewhere between the pain and somewhere between slipping, he decided to step into the sanctuary. Somewhere between all that was going on in his life, he said, he said, I, I'm just going to make this move. I'm going to head to the house of God. And something's going to get clearer and something's going to bring understanding and something's going to happen. When I get in God's presence, he said, until, he said, I was in that place. I, it was too painful for me. He said, until I went into the sanctuary of God. He said, something happened when I got in God's presence. Something happened when I got among God's people. This morning, I don't know what it is that you're walking through, but can I let you know that, that you're in the right place at the right time? It, it was a slippery slope where you were, but you came into the sanctuary of God. And the songs that we began to sing talked about Him walking with us and how, how that He goes before us and how that God's presence is here in this room. And, and we began singing about the goodness of God and someone, you felt some stability come into your life and, until you came into the sanctuary of God. Out there, it didn't make sense. The enemy wanted you to slip. He wanted you to fall. He wanted you walking in the wrong direction instead of into the promise that God had for you. But you made the step. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I made the step. Tell him, come on, tell someone on the other side, I'm glad I made, I made that step. You, you made the right step this morning. You came to the right place. Maybe maybe the, we're, we're struggling. We're, we're, we're working. We are working on sound and we're working on some of this stuff and we're pulling loose ends together we're working and some people are like I just blah, blah. you know when I we're, we're like oh trouble and trying but, but can I remind us that we're in the sanctuary of God this morning he said until I went into the sanctuary of God then understood I their end he said, I, I thought that I was, I was in that slippery place. He said, I thought that they had everything going on. But, but he said, surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou casteth them down into destruction. He said, but I, I was so messed up in my vision. I was so mixed up in what I was seeing. I had it all backwards. If the enemy can distort your vision, his job is one. But this morning, God is opening someone's vision. They thought, they thought they were in this strong place, but Asaph understood. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, I understood their end. He came into the place of God, and power came there. Come on, there is, I, I don't know who's putting one foot in, in, in front of the other, but you haven't got to the promise yet. Can I, can I just remind you, there's power in your footsteps today. There's power in that simple walk that you're taking, that, that there is significance that is being made with every single step. You don't feel it, but, but you're defining boundaries. You don't understand it, but you're taking territory. <laughs> you thought you were just going through life, but here's what I know. God is taking territory with every single step 
that you make. Every morning that you get up and you determine, I'm going to walk for God today. Every day that you live and you let your little light shine, let me tell you, you're defining a boundary. You're defining a border. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a future for you. Every prayer that you pray, you're, you're extending the tempeg just a little bit further. God's bringing revival. God's about ready to pour His Spirit out on our city. And let me tell you what happened. When it happens, it happens when people say, I, I'm going to go and I'm going to define some barriers today. I'm going to find some boundaries today. I'm lifting the tent peg and I'm pushing it in the ground a little bit further. We live in a city. It's got 115 kilometers of walking trails. It's a smart city. I think we got a picture of this beautiful city we live in. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful, isn't it? That's me that gave them that picture. Somebody see some hands pointing. That's where uh, everything. But can I remind you that, that God's kind of got us here in this place called Frederick, New Brunswick, so we can establish some territory for the kingdom. And I, I don't know. I, I think we've got a lot of people that live in most of these places. But every time that you go home and you. You put your head down and you pray a prayer. You're defining a boundary. The enemy can't take back. You're, you're taking territory. And I'm believing that God is going to bring revival. Come on, from the north to the south. Come on, from the east to the west. God is going to bring revival. I, I, I believe that God's going to bring revival to our city center. I believe that God is going to bring revival from the north to the south to the east and to the west. I believe that with all my heart. I wonder if someone just for a moment, would you extend a hand? Wasn't plan on doing this, but would someone just extend a hand and say, God, bring revival to my little area. Bring revival through me. God, define a boundary. Push back the borders of the enemy for a moment. We're taking territory in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I wish someone in the Holy Ghost would take that step. Define a boundary today and say, I'm marking it. I'm, I'm claiming it. That territory is God's. That territory is His. This, this city is ours. We will take this city. Oh, clap hands like you can see revival. I wish in your mind you could see a little flame of fire being kindled in little areas and different regions. Say, God, Pour the Holy Ghost out here and pour it out there and pour it on Sugar Island and Island View and French Village, Lower Kingston, Mactaquack. Spread it, God, to Rishabucto and Newton, Upper Majorville, Uptown. Come on, I wish someone would just begin to claim some territory. Maybe your place isn't on the map today, but would someone say, God, I'm claiming it for my region. I'm claiming it for my, come on, my territory. I'm walking into it. I'm taking a step by faith. We can stand together this morning. We have, we have those trails. I, I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be awesome if we, we begin to walk Bill Thorpe Walking Bridge and begin to claim that God has this city for us in His name. I, I think it'd be great if we begin to march through Odell Park. Kids were there last night. Thank you for taking our youth there. But I tell you what, it was more than just a, a few games that they were playing in connection and fellowship. Let me tell you what happened. When they walked in, the enemy realized there's a power and there's an authority. There's something different in the environment. And we, come on, we have territory that God is going to give us. There is a revival that God has for our city. So God is saying, rise up, look up, rise up. Come on, let's walk into the promise that God has for us.
this morning. Yeah, I think it'd be great if, if we took some time, maybe in the next couple of weeks, and we begin to, to now you, you, know, you know I'm not a runner. I, I, I'm, I'm working hard on that 110,000 miles that we do in a lifetime. But I think it'd be great if we begin to walk some of the trails that, that define the borders and the boundaries of our city and we begin to say, God, revival in this region. God, revival in this square mile. God, revival, revival on this side of the bridge. Revival on that side of the bridge don't matter. Come on, we just need a revival because if people will begin to march into the promise, I believe that God's going to open doors. I believe that if we go with intention, if we begin to define the boundaries and the barriers, I think if we begin to just kind of march that God is going to go with us and, and we begin to claim victory, we begin to claim souls, we begin to claim revival and God is going to bring it. I, I feel it in the Holy Ghost and, and someone you thought, well, my feet are... I, I, Oh, well nice said, but here, here let me tell you you're in the house of God this morning you came into the sanctuary and God's not going to let you go back just to that place of uncertainty God's saying get your stable come on get, get on stable ground and march into the promise that I've got for you I see a Jericho coming down because we compass, come on, not by this warfare but compassing the city once for six days and on the seventh day the wall falls and God ushers in revival that we walk into victory and God begins to pour revival out in our in our region not just our church we want it we come on we want it in these walls but we want it in our city we want it in our province we want the fire to burn like it never has before in a moment but can we Kathy just pause for a second I wonder if someone would just begin to lift your voice there's something that's that's trying to break loose in this room right now there's there's something that's been kindled in your spirit and God wants to take it to wherever you're going to go after this service but would you just begin to lift your voice and and pray Come on, somebody pray for Fredericton or somebody pray for a prodigal or somebody pray for someone that's lost. Somebody pray for the homeless in our city. Somebody pray. Somebody pray for a moment and ask that God would give us authority over this area. Come on, effectual, fervent prayer. Pastor Alice preached about it just a few weeks ago. Someone pray that kind of prayer for a moment. Someone just lift your voice for a moment. It's It's time to take some territory. It's time to take some territory. 
Anybody got your marching orders? <laughs> now we, we, we usually call everybody to the front. But I wonder if we can just kind of spread out through the sanctuary this morning. I'd like to, yeah, some people can come to the front. Go ahead, Daniel. But I want someone just kind of go to the very corner in the back up there on the balcony at each corner. Brother Scott, I was reminded this morning, Brandon came upstairs and I had all the doors pulled out and file folders half all over the floor. I was reminded when you and Xander, he's this little guy, you drove through Fredericton and he brought me maps of highlighted streets. I've got it. I just looked under M for map and it wasn't there. Some people file in files, some people file in piles. Got that pile somewhere. But they had gone through and they'd driven through the streets of our city and they had prayed that God would bring revival. I, I, I don't believe that that was in vain. I don't believe that that was just kind of some activity. I, I believe that there was territory that was taken. I, I believe that there's seed in the soil and, and somewhere, somewhere, someday we're going to see that, that God just kind of brought people out of bondage into marvelous life because someone had the courage to pray or someone went on purpose and began. So I wonder, I, I don't see anybody in the balcony yet, maybe one up there, but I wish somebody would go up Jared, somebody go up in that corner, up right up there. Somebody get in the center at the back. Brother Calhoun, you come up here and join Pastor Matt. We're here, come on, come on up. You fired me up last night with your little video saying God's been stirring you. I wonder if you just kind of come to the front with me. And we're going to take some territory. Anybody else want to just kind of take a step by faith and say, I, I'm just going to get out of my chair for a moment. I'm going to come to the front or I'll, I'll move to the back or I'm a little uncomfortable. I wish someone would just kind of say, this, this is our city right now. We're just going to let the sanctuary represent our city. But I wish someone would just kind of find a location or a locale and say, God, I'm looking for revival. I'm praying that you would pour your spirit out. I'm praying that you would open doors of revival. We're defining boundaries this morning. Pastor Dan, would you come with me on the platform twice? Holy Ghost just prompted, asked me if I'd get you to pray, and I wasn't ignoring him, but I, I feel like right now is the right time. I, I should have given you a little heads up, but I'm just going to ask that you come and you pray over Fredericton. I'm going to ask that you just pray that God will send a revival. Dan's kind of in between, that he and Haley's... They're, they're, they're right in between waiting for a visa. They know what it's like to kind of be in the land in between right now. So he can pray into this. But we're praying about what God has beyond this right now. And now would you just kind of... The Bible says gird up your loins. So sometimes you just kind of get ready, get ready, get, get ready. Would someone get ready in the Holy Ghost for what God's about ready to speak into your life about the promise that God's... What He's about ready to show you. You got... You got to look up for a moment and see what God's going to show you because we got to see it before we take it. We got to see it in our mind before we walk into it, before we receive it. We've got to see it. So someone, you need to see it this morning. Would you pray together? Let's kind of get that, that going in the Holy Ghost before God begins to talk to us. But would you just lift your voice, lift your hands, ask God to open vision and revelation.